0: The guy taking a photograph of a photograph on the steps of a club, right? I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. Welcome to episode 60. It's a nice round number. It's also the first episode in what is now our sixth season. We last spoke with Steve Lyon, who's undoubtedly the world's leading photographer, In episode 26, which came out on the first day of February... If you haven't listened to that interview, scroll back and listen. And you really want to listen to it to get the background on Steve's career and how I got started with Squash before you jump into this episode. Here we're talking with Steve about one particular photograph, or rather, a series of photographs that include one iconic shot. You can go to squashmagazine.com and click on the Outside the Glass homepage to have a look. It's the first time that these images have collectively been published. So they were taken at the Lambs Club. Lambs had nine courts. It opened in 1979. And in the 80s and early 90s, it was one of the world's classic city squash clubs. So here we are with Steve's photos. It was the 6th of April, 1994. It was a first-round match at the British Open. Anthony Hill versus Mirzaman Ghoul. It was Australia versus Pakistan, which was, at the time... The massive rivalry, it was really the running narrative uh, in the men's game. We had uh, two real characters as well. Um, Anthony Hill and uh, Mirzaman were were not known as, as being particularly good sports. And on this day, Hilly was just at full throttle. He muttered remarks about Mirzaman's mother, not knowing that she had just died a few weeks before the tournament. He received a code of conduct warning and then a penalty point for throwing a ball at Mirzaman in between points. Hilly had come back from a 2-1 deficit and was up 7-love in the fifth. When he won that point to go up 7-love, he yelled and pumped his fists, and Mirzaman did not react kindly. He hurled his racket towards Hilly, and you can see it on the ground in some of the photographs. And then he approached him, got very close, grabbed his chest a little bit and headbutted him. Hilly himself later said that he'd gotten worse from his own mother. Regardless, he fell dramatically, tumbling to the ground as Steve photographs. After the match, he told Richard Eaton that when Mirzaman had headbutted him, he thought, mm, that's nice, I'll sit down here and have the match, thank you. Steve's photographs reveal another lesser-known aspect of the incident, The Hilly got up and flew towards Mirzaman, and it seems like there was a moment when a fistfight might ensue. Mirzaman got a 1,500-pound fine and a four-month ban, and Hilly got a 100-pound fine and no ban for the incident. And you can read more at squashword.com. It's my monthly blog about the backstory with Hill and Mirzaman, and rather much more about the aftermath, as it is one of the most fascinating stories about the 1990s. It was definitely not the last time the two of them played each other. Steve says that technically these might be the most impressive sequence of photos he's ever taken. The light was appalling at lambs with flickering color casts thrown in. The depth of field was about four feet. And Steve says that he remembers his biggest concern after taking the shots was whether the fin of the court's back wall had been in the way of the photos. Steve was using film and manual focus lenses. There was no instant replay. He just didn't know. He gotten the shot. As you can see, Steve Line did get the shot, and it remains nearly 27 years later one of the most famous photographs in Scottish history.
1: But talking about you know the the film technology and and what and and the instinct of getting photographs which you think you've caught, yes. you're not absolutely sure about. That's right, right. Uh, you know, example of that the you've had the so in 1994 there was a British Open taking place in central London at Lamb's Mm. Club yep um and it was on one of the dingiest courts I've ever photographed on through a glass back it did have a balcony but balcony shots down the side don't work particularly well so I I uh, thought, well, I'll just go and looked at the tournament schedule. And mm. I saw first on on, court, on this dingy court, court two at Lamb's Club, was Anthony Hill playing Mirzmangul. So I thought, um, well, Australians and Pakistanis uh, historically have never got on particularly well on a squash court. And these were two fairly fiery characters. So I thought, well, let's just see what happens. So I went down, one o'clock start. And uh, there had been a lot of niggle. I got there for the second game. Oh, you were even late. Yeah, I know. I was late. So oh, I was doing. I, was, I photographed on the main court and the other court. But I thought, well, I'll just wait and see, see what builds up on, on the court too. And there's been a bit of niggle on, in the second game. And I thought, i would just hang around. And it went on. And, and Anthony Hill was goading Mir during the match. Talking. And, talking, yeah. Mm. And, and just winding him up. And I thought, well, this is, I'll, I'll hang around. And then it got to 7 Love in the fifth game. Who was up? Uh, Anthony Hill was yeah, up. Was up. Uh. And Mirza and Martin Gould obviously had enough of all this. Grabbed Hill's... Anthony Hill by the shoulders with his two hands and just headed him. And I thought... And I was there with my 85mm 1.2 lens with a depth of field of about 6 inches. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought hold on, I think I've got that. But you're not so sure. So you were clicking away. I was clicking away on the on film, you know, with the motor drive going at Col- five frames a second. Colour, uh... Colour and egg. Colour, Colour egg. And egg So you're really... <laughs> so I'm thinking, I think I've got this. And so what, so Mirza Mangul, headbutted Anthony Hill. Hill, he falls down. Hill, falls down. Gets up, threatens to land a right hook on Mirza Mangul. Referee says, stop, stop, immediately, um... Says to me, as Margul match over, mm. uh, and the match has been awarded to Anthony Hill." Mm. Uh, I thought, "I've got this," and so I thought, "What do I do with this? Mm. This could be quite important." Mm-hmm. So, one thing was, it's one o'clock, so it's early, and we're in the centre of London. So I thought, "We're not in Manchester at six o'clock. We're in central London at one o'clock, near all the national papers." Who do I go to first? So I went up to Richard Eaton, who's a mm. very experienced journalist.
0: Now, who else was watching the match, or was it pretty, pretty um,
1: quiet? I'm not, sure, I'm not sure anybody actually saw the headbutt.
0: There were, there were only a couple of people watching.
1: There only, yeah, there was a few in the crowd. There yeah. were a few in the crowd, a few spectators, but not, but not many. Not many. It wasn't actually on the show court at right. the AMS. It was on a cycle. And no journalists. I don't think a journalist was watching. Actually, at that particular time, the headbutt took place. So I went to Richard, who was in the press office. I said, Richard, um, you know, I've got this. And he'd heard. Yeah. You know, he soon filtered back to the press office what the hell had been going on. He said, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Main news story. I said, Richard, I think I've got this on film. And he, I said, uh, you know, who are you writing for? He said, I'm writing for the Mail, which is uh, mm. fairly, it's a tabloid newspaper, but it's pretty reliable. And he said, well, why not phone up the Daily Mail picture desk? So I said, okay, I phoned out the Daily Mail. And they knew what had happened already. Richard and I, had already told them. Yeah, Richard had already told the news editor and fed it through to the picture editor. And I said, I think I've got the sequence. And he said, Okay, the picture editor said, Okay, we'll send a bike round. So yeah, I'm but then to the okay, yeah. so yeah. a bike comes round from the mail, yep. Daily Mail. Yeah. Comes into the into the press office, I give him the roll of film, and that's at about quarter to two, something mm. like that. Um, and then I phoned through to the uh, picture desk daily mail on a payphone or, oh, no, or on the, the press on office the press had phone, a phone okay. on the press phone on the press phone right and there were no mobiles in those no days. exactly no yeah. mobiles yeah and I uh, said have you got the film he said yeah we've got the film it's just come out and you've got it you've got the whole sequence I think Buck. excuse me <laughs> this could be uh, <laughs> this is this is good I thought this is good and I said Is there, and by this time, a lot of the other national papers had heard about it and uh, they're all after photographs. So I said to the the picture editor, I said, Mm. Is there any chance there's a lot of interest in the story? Is there any chance of you printing off an extra six uh, copies of each of of the four photographs? And he said, Well, as you gave us first option, we'll do it. So I said, Thanks so much. Brilliant.
0: And you didn't know?
1: I didn't know him. him You never worked with him? No. You'd never printed in the Daily Daily Mail? No. Never had anything done in the Daily Mail. I had some stuff in the Times and Telegraph and nothing ever in the Mail. And uh, I said, well, I'll I'll phone up all the other national papers, the picture desk. And he said, Mm. yeah, that's fine. So... Got through to all the other picture desks, and they sent bikes round to the Daily Mail picture <laughs> desk. And apparently, and then I phoned back to the the uh, was, Daily Mail right. about an hour or so later. I said, "Have you managed to do the extra copies of the print?" He said, "Yeah, it's all right." And you won't believe it. Outside the it was, our, our picture desk, there's it's a, a whole light. line of bikes <laughs> Bikers. waiting for the pictures to send off to their, take off to their own national papers. Amazing. So there. So did the Daily Mail run
0: it the next morning? Yeah, they all ran it. But they all ran it. They all ran it. So. Uh, Daily Mail didn't get the
1: scoop no they didn't want that. well they could have I they did could have said do you want to do, wait yeah. a day yeah well they could, right? they. I said okay do you want an exclusive Hold yes this. and they said no no it's not that important a story for us to have an exclusive you right. know we're happy to just go with you know we negotiated a rate." But, no, we're happy for other, other nationals to use it as well because right. it's, it's squash as well. It's not you know not talking, you know, yep. in, in captain of football, you yep. know, right. getting involved in a traffic accident or whatever. Right. right, This is squash. So he said, no, no, it's, it's fine. We'll print off another six copies. So, so they uh, were
0: being entirely cool because they could have just said, well... We yeah, were- they
1: could have. I was, dreading, I was dreading them saying, oh, my God. Because well, they, they owned that. If it had been perhaps right. another newspaper, they would have said, sorry, you know, you've given us first right, yeah, you know. We're running but, it on you know, our, our regular, own. And that's yeah, it. thanks very much. But, no, he's good enough to do it. And uh, so what happened then? So the, he's got the original. He's got the original. And it's negatives. a transparent no, these are color negatives. These are color negatives. Okay. All right. So then. So it he, ran the next day, right? Yeah. But then oh. he sends back. He sends a bike back with the film. Because I said, I spoke to the picture editor. So I said, I've got to have the film because I need them for my own outlets. You know. So he sent the film back. And but with no prints because all the prints had gone off to all other national papers and the BBC World Service, hmm. would you believe, they wanted to use this as the lead story in their sports section. Did they? An, uh, and there are no prints and in I their could,
0: sports section of what they had
1: a newspaper? No, it's in. They must have. No, it's on the TV. Oh, on yeah, TV. On TV. Yeah, it, on so TV. It's so it's going to be used as flash uh, feature on TV. Oh my god. And I had no same prints. Night. Same the night. Same night. Yeah, it's going out about seven o'clock and I said well, I haven't got any prints I've only got negs I haven't got time to print up any negs so then I, I phoned up a couple of the newspapers and said is there any chance of getting a copy and one of the newspapers said um, okay we'll, we'll, we'll send the, news, the prints that we've got to the press room at Lamb's and on, a, on a bike on a bike these, these
0: bikers this is like the Tour de France they're I mean, biking all over <laughs> London <laughs> for Steve Lyon <Line. laughs> no, it's bizarre yeah. well they're
1: on motorbikes they're just going oh to they're, on they're on motorbikes not bicycles motorbikes yeah motorbikes <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, motorbike. <laughs> So I get a copy of each photograph, and I'm looking at these photographs. I'm saying, yeah, really good. And then the the guy from BBC, the the bike uh, from BBC World Service arrives at Lamb's at Lamb's Club, and I said, "All I've got are these prints." He said, "That's fine, no worries at all." How and many we, how many we, prints was it? There were six prints. He said, "You've he through." He said, "Yeah, use those three. We put them on the on remember, on the steps outside the Lamb's Club. He got his camera out photograph them he took a photograph of the the photographs he said thanks very much and and disappeared off amazing and they're used on the BBC World Service that night that night as a lead story in the sports sports section absolutely astonishing and then obviously I'm out the following morning because I stayed up in town out the following morning getting all the national papers and Times used it Telegraph The Sun The Sun used it Page (laughs) 3 took away the page 3 we're going to use a headbutt instead (laughs) No, it's on the sports pages, but it was in every national paper in the in England. Yeah.
0: So you Incredible. had from from quarter to two to to eight o'clock. Your yeah. life was just
1: yeah manic. insane. Absolutely manic. Right. And you just the buzz, the buzz you get from that is just like nothing else you get as a photographer. It's just you just think to be in the national papers. I obviously I've had magazine mm. usage, you know, but to get a photograph in a national paper really still gives me, you know few and far between now because obviously the lack of coverage is squashed but you see it in the national paper you realise that there are millions of people around the country actually Holding looking this. at your photograph and just looking at it and seeing your, you know your line on it and um, your, your credit on it yeah it still gives you buzz and I still look at the photographs you know I've kept the photographs from those days and I still look at them now and it still gives me goosebumps actually having is it immediately brings you back to the experience of what happened in that time, and it was just such a well, breakthrough. Well, we don't rep, we don't
0: replicate that that in terms of the the motorbikes and the phoning and the you know you know the the, the sort of the mechanics of it are all it's all digital it's yeah. all through right. email yeah. and Dropbox and right. and all this new technology. Right. So it, 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 there's still a thrill for sure, but it, it's not. It was such a hassle, yeah, in nineteen ninety four to get the thrill. to yeah. you had all these mechanics of like yeah, you know right. the the guy taking a photograph of a photograph yeah. on the steps of yeah, a no, squash no, tub, right Incredible,
1: absolutely incredible. So but what this happened? Is, th- this is what happened in those days. Digital was something in the future that no one ever thought about. Yeah. You know, like autofocus. Autofocus? No, it's all manual focus. So what happened the next day? Like, were you also working?
0: The story, or did it kind of? It was a one-day thing, and then it, was it was a, a one-day
1: thing. thing. It was a one-day thing, and then I mean, the outside the game, on. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. And, and, and he got suspended, and Hilly, and the
1: yeah, they thing. both got suspended. I think Hilly got suspended as well. Did uh, he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For as far as th- I recall, th- for threatening, right? yeah, for threatening, and yeah, that's right. For probably threatening to r- land a right hook on him, <laughs> and probably for goading him as well. And you know, the referee would have done a referee's report, and yeah, yeah, just yeah, thought, yeah. it's yeah. not all Zaman's fault, right. you know. He, he, did, he did incite him, but um, yeah, just yeah, great story, great story. The second, probably the second biggest story I've ever had. So. Uh.
0: And that and that was the first time you started in '82 officially. So that was 12 years before. 94, yeah. Before 94. something like that blew up, where there was yeah. a big. I mean, yeah. you had you were in Toulouse. That was a huge deal. So that was a that, massive deal, but it stayed, did that sort of stay within the squash community, or did the papers pick that up?
1: That it was a big story at the time that was, he it, lost. It was, it was a big story at the time, but there were agencies covering that particular match mm. in Toulouse, like there would be AFP who had their own yep. photographer. And Richard was writing for them. Right? And Richard was writing for them. He yeah. was out there in Toulouse at the time. Yeah. So you just knew there was really they would get the the, the photographs out far quicker. Now, if you know, I've got photographs from Toulouse. Uh, Jahangir Khan loses big story, but I've got film. I've got t- colour transparency film. How do I even go about starting to think about you know wiring it over to the UK or mm. other countries? I mean, I could have you know wired it to an agency, but even then, you know, I haven't got the capability of doing it. You know, you're relying on someone taking the film and doing it themselves, but if an agency's got the coverage, they're going to. They're going to swamp the world, you know. Right. But what happened with, obviously, Mears, Imam Gould, Anthony Hill, there's nobody else covering it. Happened to be nobody there. There was nobody there at the time. And I was a guy, and, you know, it just, just went. It just went. And, yeah, big time. And
0: were there other photographers at any of these events that, that knew what they were doing?
1: At uh, the, the British Open... You occasionally get a couple of agency photographers turning up, but probably not. And this is the first round of the British Open, yeah. So they wouldn't be bothered going to Lambs Club, photographing through glass backs or on balconies. So right. they would turn up later. The later rounds were stay at Wembley Conference Centre
0: right. when it was on the glass court, yeah. whereas on the All the uh, Perspects court yeah. at yeah. the
1: time. And you get you would then you'd be getting yeah, you get ten or twelve photographers turning up. You because you get national papers would have their own photog- sports photographer. More than one sports photographer will work for a national papers. So that's all gone, by the way. Now right. um, it's all now agency. Um, but you'd have like three agencies and probably four or five national paper photographers for the British Open final. There'd be freelancers like myself. Fritz Borschert would be there, perhaps another freelance as well. So you'd have about you know ten photographers all lined up along the, the front wall.
0: And were you, you were like the, the guy they all went to to ask questions, right? Or did, yeah. Or did yes, they not yeah. even talk to you? They would just well, think, some of
1: them thought they knew. You know, what was going on? But a lot of them, I mean, they, you know, I knew, I knew quite a of few them, of them because yeah. I met them before and so on. So we just have a chat about things. But I mean, they hated covering squash because at that time, <laughs> this is in the mid 80s, yep. you wouldn't be sitting like I am now photographing through an area just above the tin, mm-hmm. which is where the camera is looking through as well. What you had then was a clear tin with one or two ads on the tin, but you'd be shooting through the clear areas of the tin. But to shoot through the tin, you need to lie down. it means you have to lie down. So you'd spend hours a day lying on your side with a sort of crick neck, just trying to f- manually focus these guys dashing around a squash court. So you get neck and shoulder aches. It was pretty, it was was, um, uncomfortable, to say the least. And how would you have
0: room for 10 people? Well, you'd
1: all have to be sort of lying down. It was a bizarre scene. You'd have these guys lying down, sort of, you know, like you know, sets of cutlery, sort of, you know, (laughs) lying down all next to each other looking through the tin. I mean, they just hated it. Mm -hmm. it. They said it was squash. If you talk to most national paper photographers who had covered squash, and you ask them which is the worst sport to do, they would say squash. Both because of the uncomfortable positions you had to take the photographs in, and also because the low light level yeah. made it technically very, very difficult to take decent photographs. So they're all, you know, always on the very limit of producing a, a decent quality image. And then you also got this pounding of the ball above your head, you know, remorselessly, which... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. But now, fortunately, we are able to sit down, and there is a clear area across the whole width of the court immediately above the tin. So that does make life a little bit more comfortable, but it's still not the most... Because, you, you know, you've got to sit down for the whole you know, duration, so your back tends to hurt sort a of bit. But uh, uh, it's... Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not brilliant, but it's okay.
0: Do you have any, like injuries from doing that repetitive chronic I've symptoms. had uh, I've had a few like back, back?
1: problems I've had a few back pains yeah yeah I had a few back pains uh, neck neck's been all right fortunately um yeah I've been lucky touch wood you know mm. I've been uh, I've been okay with uh, yeah but the back is a, some people lie down on their stomach and I can't possibly do that but my back won't cope with that but I, I lie, lie down on my side and it, yeah, it's... it's well, at it's, in times gone by, obviously. And I was a younger guy, so you could cope with it, yeah. but uh, Yeah, it's... it's um, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And it's, it is also... Squash is a little bit restricting, or very restricting, from the angles you can take the photograph at. Yeah. Because in tennis, you'll see all The, the vast majority of photographers will be down the side of the court. Right. So if you imagine Federer doing a shot on a forehand, or you've got his head, you've got the racket, the ball he's about to hit, are all lined up and you've got the photographer on the far side, you've got everything in alignment. Well, we can't do that as squash photographers. We've got to be at the front of the court. So you're relying on the players turning and coming towards the front. So we are, you know, I have tried in the past to get some some clear areas down the side wall to take photographs. But, you know, I think the powers that be are worried about photographers moving in and out and be a distraction to the players. So but it, it would produce some great... Uh, on the side. Uh, yeah, great action Especially images. Especially
0: the uh, left wall, the back end. Yeah, well, that's right, yeah. Because yeah. that's where most of the players.
1: yeah. I mean, I've, I've done some great <coughs> shots through the side wall, but yeah. the clarity through the side, the side wall is obviously always compromised by the dots and the ball marks yeah. that you've got on there. So, uh, so you're never going to get really crisp images. You'll get something that portrays yeah. the game. Outside the Glass would like to thank our producer, Grant Irving, and all our loyal listeners who have reviewed and rated the podcast, shared their enthusiasm for it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and more importantly, have spread the word by talking about Outside the Glass with their squash friends. And may all your nicks roll.